It's the season finale of Adelaide United Legends and what a season it has been. As you know by now, my name is Tim and I'm joined by John Luca. Good to be here. I had a funny feeling you'd say that. <laughs> but it is good to be here. Uh, we've had a lot of fun recording this series and we'll be back with another full in-depth season in 2022. But don't worry because we'll fill the gap with some other things we have planned. So stay subscribed to this feed and keep an eye on it. But right now, we are joined by a couple of legends. Current head coach and assistant coach, Carl Viet and Ross Aloisi, welcome to our makeshift recording booth. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> finally, so, hey? Yeah, finally. finally. That's right. We, we're trying <laughs> to save the best for last. Yeah. It's been in the works for a while. Yeah, it has. Yes. So we're keen to hear all your stories that 60 Minutes allows for us to hear. So just imagine that you're shooting a kit reveal in a pub, pretending to reminisce, but you're actually reminiscing. And to... <laughs> To aid in that, I've got a little surprise for you. What a beer. <laughs> yes. Oh, you have. You I've have. got a couple of beers. <laughs> so just, you know, I, I can, I'll, I'll crack them now. So just, you know, just to aid in that pub, that pub feel, feel. have a conversation. Do you want them? You can have them. Yeah. All well, right. You've only got two. <laughs> yeah, well, for you guys. Yeah. I'll join you. I can go grab one. We'll just, there you go. Cheers. I hope. I don't know if we should say the brand or the type. No, probably okay. shouldn't. No. no, but I hope you like it. Yeah. Cheers. I always do. Cheers. There you go. Clink. <laughs> Enjoy. All right. So I guess we'll start – normally with these things we, we sort of start right back from the, the beginning and talk about how you got into football and all those sorts of things. But really I want to start with how you two first met and how you became friends. What's that um, story? Yeah, that's I suppose going back to the Adelaide City days. Um I came to Adelaide City in 88, I reckon it was, 88 or was it 89? 88, I reckon, yeah. Um, sorry, 89, I'm, that's how old I'm getting, I'm forgetting. It was 89 after I moved up from Wyala and started playing there and obviously Ross was a Adelaide City kid all the way through to his start and that's how I we met, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, So, well, I, I grew up at the club. From the age of eight, I think I played my first game for Adelaide City in the under-12s because I don't think they had anything below the under-12s. And then just watching all, you know, my heroes, Charlie Vellani, Aurelio Vibma, Joe Mullen, Serge Melter. And um, Cole was at, I think he was at the club when I first started playing in the old state league, so the NPL. And I played with a legend, Brian Northcote, who I was scared of. And Bugsy Neskos was our player, player manager at the time at the back. And, yeah, I was, so I would play on the Saturday and go and watch Carl on the Sunday yeah. playing in the National League. And then slowly, slowly I made my up my way up into the National League. I think I was 17 at the time. I played my first game. Were you at that game, in that game? No, no. The, Campbelltown? Uh, no, I wasn't. I was injured. Okay, we played Wollongong. That's probably hmm. why I played. <laughs> 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 we played Wollongong Macedonia um, at Campbelltown's ground. And Aurelia Vidmar was playing at the time. So, but yeah, just, I watched Carl. He, I remember watching him at Can uh, Salisbury hmm. as well. Yeah, and I suppose it just developed from there. Um, I was, at the time as well, I was playing um, in the in the off season um, from the NSL. I would stay, hang around and play in the in the local league with Adelaide City and. Ross's dad was the coach. I remember that, and I played a few times with Ross then in the 
in the local league. And as you said, then he made his way up into the the NSL squad. And yeah, and then the, I suppose the friendship sort of started then. And, you know, Ross, I suppose, had that season where he broke out and the year we won the championship. Um, <laughs> and Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird year. It was... <laughs> <laughs> we um, I really started playing in the game. It was a semi-final against Melbourne, Croatia at Olympic Park, the old Olympic Park. <clears throat> and the reason why I'm laughing, because I know that you know this story, um, I played because we had some injuries, I'm guessing. And, um, it was that, midweek, wasn't it? Between, yeah, midweek, yeah. Wednesday night. It was yeah. freezing. And I remember playing. We must have won a ball inside our half. And Carl made a forward run. I played a through ball to him, but I overhit the pass. And um, Carl was Carl sprinted after it, <laughs> but while he was sprinting, he tore his quad. And after the game, Zoran Matic, who was our coach, um, started yelling at me <laughs> because I was the reason why he tore his quad because it was a bad pass. It wasn't because he had something wrong with him. Yeah, and um, bad pass. It almost hit the corner flat. <laughs> It wasn't the best pass, but um, yeah, we ended up winning that game, and that was the start of it because we ended up playing in the uh, NSL Cup final. Yeah, and uh, from there we made that big run into the because we were sort of struggling a little bit that year, and then from that game on we went on uh, quite a big run. Actually, I think it was the last five or six games we, you know, did really well, and then made the NSL finals and didn't lose. Went came from fifth, I think it was that year. Yeah. So, we, yeah, so the the week before the finals, we played Marconi at, at Highmarsh, and Joe Mullen scored. Yeah, in the, the cup goal. final. Yeah. yeah, the cup final, and then we played Wollongong. Um, I think it was a knockout. Yeah, yeah, it was a knockout. Oh, so yeah, we, we must have knockout. finished. Yeah. Top five then, so we must have finished sure, fourth. Yeah, um, and this is the 1992, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So we beat them at home, and then we went to Sydney Olympic, and you scored. Yep, the only goal. Yep. And then we played away South again, Melbourne. South Melbourne, mm. on a Sunday night. And I scored the first goal, Carl scored the second. <laughs> Rolled down his leg. <laughs> oh, they all count. They yeah. all count. Yeah, yeah. That's, I scored every week that after I um, – because I tore my quad, but I never missed a game. I, so I just kept playing me. And so I didn't train. I just played and I was scoring – I scored every week, every game in the finals, all the last few games in the season and then – Going into the grand final, yeah, with the yeah. injury, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. I just had it heavily, heavily strapped. I just couldn't, I couldn't get to full speed, and I had to be careful when I was stopped. I couldn't stop suddenly, um, but I just kept scoring. And then the week going into the grand finals, I said, made me train. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, but I haven't been training the whole time, and I'm scoring. But he made me train to go into the final, and yeah, I would have scored in the final if this man <laughs> had passed the ball back to me. I, you know, he made a forward run, but I put the ball perfectly in front of him and <laughs> yeah. for the cut back and he had a shot. If you know? it was perfect, I yeah. would have had the inside of my right foot. I would have put it in the And in I was the waiting for the tap in back and didn't <laughs> didn't come. Yeah, it was actually – it wasn't even funny because I copped a bit of abuse. It was not just yourself. It was also Ernie Tapai that was yelling at me. Oh, what I tried to do, the ball was coming across my body and I tried to open up and hit it with the inside of my right foot past, I think, David Miller David was in goals. But it took a bounce and went on to my left. <clears throat> so I hit it with my left. And I scored the week before with my left as well against South Melbourne. And he must have made the save because it was a corner. Yeah, but I remember I got yelled at quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't matter. We went into extra time and we both took penalties. Yeah. yeah. Both, both scored. scored. So and we won. So 
how how did did you immediately know when you became friends? Was it just an instant connection? Because you guys like just even here now, we knew you were best mates anyway. Yeah, look, like, I, I suppose um, the real connection came um, with the Adelaide United Mark One. That's when it became. I suppose you know we'd both gone off and overseas and had careers and you know. I, I think that was the only year we played together at Adelaide City. Was that one year? I reckon you left after that season, or did you? Hang, no, I ended up going to Belgium. Yeah, that's right. And then, so it was only that half a season there, and then when Adelaide United started up, um, Ross came back from overseas, and and then we um, had a great um, friendship in in that time. Since then, um, you know, and Richie Alligic as well. The, so um, and since then, we've been very close. Richie was my roommate. <clears throat> for three years, yeah. After the game, we used to listen to music in the rooms. See, I know he likes heavy metal, oh, so was he bad. making you? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't listen to that okay. rubbish. No, we had our headphones on. No, he was well, – he used to listen to some real yeah, he weird does, stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, he does. I yeah. know because, like, even when Slayer were here a little while ago and played at the Entertainment Centre, I was there. I got free tickets. But I saw him on the way out because I parked obviously near here the office and so did he. So I was just like, oh, hey, Richie. So we just walked back to the car and, and – I think I knew that beforehand, but then yeah, just seeing him and he had yeah. the shirt on and everything. He's he's yeah, a diehard. Into it, yeah, yeah, and that's how it how it's um, gone from there. And you know, our families have become close, and so yeah, it's I. <laughs> we I, didn't just play together; we actually yeah. worked together. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah the, the federation. FF, yeah, yeah, the FFSA. Oh, yeah, of course. So I was the head of yeah. women's football, and Carl had been the NTC coach for years. I was under the impression that you'd been at Adelaide City together for a lot longer than that. It doesn't seem. Because those teams were so successful as well. It just for me, looking back now, like you, Carl, I'm getting I'm getting older, so it's hard to remember things. But um, just the I just remember all those seasons sort of meshing together, and it feels like Adelaide City were always in the final, always winning. Apart from that one year, obviously there was a grand final here with, and I remember Viduka uh, being up on the fence, the old the old terrace as well behind the goals, and the old mesh fence, and he was up celebrating. Yeah, well, they had uh, temporary stands yeah. for that grand final. Yeah, that was from the Grand Prix track, weren't they? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was wasn't involved. here. Yeah, I wasn't here. So what are some of your other like road stories then from that time? <laughs> what can you tell us? Yeah, I suppose, you know, when we look back that that first year of um, Adelaide United, that was, as I said, that's when our friendship became very strong and and the whole team was had a a great relationship that first year um, and I suppose that's why we had such success, um, you know, even though we started late behind all the other teams. Um, six six games behind yeah, everyone else? Um, and that's, you know, and we he certainly enjoyed that season um, and then that led into the start of the A-League season and, you know, we yeah, – some stories, yeah, we won't be able to share. Of course not. <laughs> well, take us <laughs> but, since, um, since you're bringing up that first season, just take us inside as players what that was like coming into this new club, starting up, and obviously LA City couldn't fulfil the fixtures, so then LA United are created, but and you Gordon guys come Pickard. into that. So, yeah, yeah, Gordon Pickard started it up, Adelaide United. Um, and I've known Gordon for years because he's done business with my father uh, for years, and uh, that's basically how I came back because yeah. I was still on the contract in uh, with the club in Italy. But that first year, do you remember the first game? No one really knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Honestly, no one – we didn't expect that there was going to be, what, 17,000 yeah, or whatever it was. 
and the game got pushed back hmm. by about half hour or I can't five minutes or yeah, quite a bit. And they said, yeah, they said that the lineups were you know really long and and then when we walked out, there was the atmosphere. When they say electric, it really was. It was the first time that I think the whole crowd had actually supported a South Australian team. It was the only time that there was real one yeah. South Australian team that had no ethnic affiliation to any country, I guess. But um, yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. And Carl scored the winner again. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So first goal for Adelaide United, and we won our first game. And yeah, it was, it was yeah. pretty exciting. How, how did that night and that atmosphere compare to what you both experienced overseas? Like, obviously, that's another level, but, you know, did it, is it? Yeah, look, up there? yeah, that memory up there is right up there. My my favourite um, three memories in football. So, um, yeah, you know, especially when when you when you play at home in front of your family and friends, that's you just can't beat that that feeling and you know the atmosphere that we had and the support that we had was um, that whole first season. First season was was tremendous and um, thirty and a half average thousand, mm. and it sort of. Died off a little bit um, when the A League season started, but we still had good good support. Um, not as you know big crowds as we had that f that first year, but um, yeah, it was. And you know that's you know Ross in that first year of the A League, he then you know took over as the captain of the team and and led the team, and you know was I suppose was instrumental in the in the success that we had in those first two years. So we talked to Travis about this. I know he he came in at the start of the A League season, but just the togetherness that seemed to be in those squads uh, under Cozzy as well. And I guess there had to be. I know I know a lot of players came from LA City into that first Mark 1 United squad, but for everyone to um, come in and what was it, like you said, was it the space of six weeks or something? Yeah, it was yeah. a short period of time. But I think my understanding back then was that um, we, I think the club tried to take a few players from different clubs as well, so the best players. I mean, there was Ilias Dimitridis, mm. um, um, Aaron Vesterwell. Aaron Vesterwell, yeah, yeah, he was there. Was um, Golding already? Yeah, as was already Adelaide City. So there was majority of the squad came um, transferred over from Adelaide City. Um, I actually ne nearly never came. Really? Yeah. What happened? I, there? I was one of the last ones to sign. Um, I didn't even play in the the first game that they played. Was um, I think it was against State. Another t state team at Modbury. I, I wasn't even there. I wasn't even training with the team. Um, Where were you at that point? I was still with Adelaide City. Um, oh. Like Bob um, Tatavi um, said, he would honour my contract and wanted me to be the player coach, Adelaide City. And I was um, took a little while to negotiate with um, with Adelaide to to come across. So yeah, okay, that's yeah. interesting. I actually had no idea about that. Oh. And we play for peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, that season, we um, were actually pretty good, mm. to be honest. So we started, uh, whatever it was, five or six games behind everyone else. So we hadn't started the league. They'd already played their game. So I remember we played, there was twice where we played on a Friday at Highmarsh and then away on the Sunday. Oh, really? and, yeah, so Sydney Olympic was one of them and then Melbourne Croatia was the other. And I, I remember because I'd broken my thumb in one of the games and or toe or whatever I had to have an operation um but we ended up making the finals obviously and we ended up what was it semi-finals in Perth yeah the prelim no prelim final yeah, yeah. 
and uh, that was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have very good history with uh, finals at the beginning of Adelaide United yeah. yeah well yeah of course yeah I know um, Perth that wasn't a great result but the game here against South Melbourne yeah. oh yeah it was huge mm. yeah it was, that's the one you scored in yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right mm. yeah. even Brisbane Strikers I think <laughs> yeah, Brisbane Strikers here and away first that was yeah the, it was home and away though. yeah it was home and away I don't the first know why one. that was yeah. but we won at home like 4-1 3-0 I think it was and then we lost. Then over we there. lost over there four one, four one and one on. And we went that's right. one away yeah. goals. And finally, I remember then as well because the whatever the, I don't even know what the broadcast deal was then, but I actually remember listening to that on the radio. Hmm. <laughs> that so was, old school. That was a bad game. Yeah, oh, it was horrible. I, yeah. That was one game where Cal yelled at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Just actually, the one game? No, no, that was one game where he went off because I was I was horrible in that game. I don't know why. The heat maybe or the ground because that, we played at Perry Park and they play on that with that cooch rubbish and anyway and we were we were horrendous and he just said, he said start playing will you <laughs> <laughs> so, with a few more swear words in there <laughs> take us inside the the change room after that like you obviously scrape through on away goals yeah look I think even all that time as you said and we've we've spoke many times that. The change room was quite good, and we certainly enjoyed um, our wins. Um, uh, yeah, look, it's you know we had a lot of late nights after a lot of our games, so it was good. And that's I suppose that's um, goes back to I suppose to the leadership at the time because we were, were having a lot of younger players come through, and it was important that we had a strong bond. Um, and show because a lot of the players back then, myself, Ross, and Richie, and that we trained ex- exceptionally hard, and were tough on a lot of the, the players. So um, it was important that they they understood that. Yeah. So but then after a win, it was important that we enjoyed it. And you know, I've I've taken that into my coaching as well. You know, I make sure the players, if they have a a hard fought win, that they are yeah, allowed to enjoy it. it. Yeah. Fair enough. It, you took us back to that. So those those late nights. Um, <laughs> tell us a bit about those. <laughs> <laughs> we were sponsor, who were we sponsored by? Cafe Paisano or something? Yeah, yeah. So we used to um, that first year. It, we'd always go there after after a game and have dinner there, um, and then to the old line. I think. No, um, what's the, the Archer? Oxford. The Archer. Archer. That's right. The Archer. Yeah, yeah the Archer. But we um, it was important that you iced back then. And it's obviously important that you ice after a game now. The only difference was that we used to ice from the inside out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, you, you told us recently that you're not drinking any more or less. Or, or any less. Yeah, at the moment. <laughs> uh, hence the beers. But anything you can take is what, what would fans want to know that they don't know about that first season? Yeah, look, as you said, we've we said many times it was, you know, Cosy had come back to – to the club as well, you know, from interstate and he was very parochial and, and pushed it and that's what we, we were. Um, and he sort of galvanised and pushed everyone. Um, he was a tough he was a tough coach. I can remember um, when he was at Brisbane, coaching Brisbane, I'd had a few run-ins with him on the sideline um, when we played against them. So it was interesting. But, um, again, you know, I've got a great relationship with Cosy. Um and you know, I learned a lot from him. Even the, the, you know, I was coming to my twilight, I suppose, as a player. 
Yeah. How does Cozzy, I guess, compare to someone like a Zoran Matic for you guys growing up? Like what, what the the different coaching styles or were they very similar? Um, yeah, very different. Um, Zoran was a very, very tough taskmaster. Um, it gave you very little um, praise, praise <laughs> and very little None. room to um, think outside the box. Um, like it was, everything was set and you had to do this and you had to do that. Um, where Cozzy was, you know, um, allowed you to, I suppose, have a bit more input into it. Um, and as I said, um, that when Ross took over as the captain, I, I can, rem I still remember now, you know, Ross used to take most of the warm ups at training, um, and the games. Yeah. So, and, and drive a lot of that early stuff. And then Cozzy would come in, you know, halfway through the training session. So. Was that just out of necessity or was it like, Ross, you're going to be doing this? I don't know. I don't know why he, why he did, but I, yeah, I didn't mind it. I liked it. I learned a lot from when I was playing overseas as well. Different clubs learned different things. You know, you take the good bits out of everywhere and, you know, you try and mould it to the team that you're with. But because um, he was – look, both coaches were very good. And like Carl said, Cozzy was um, different. If he he never used to yell, which is mm. which is weird, but he he'll cut you with his tongue. Whereas Zoran used to yell nonstop. Mm. Everything was yelling, but we we're kind of used to it because you grew up that way. Yeah. You know, parents yelled at you, yeah. or, or you got smacked. <laughs> <laughs> so what did what did you respond to better? Do you think was it the the yelling or the? It depends where you are in your, in yeah. your career. Um, you know. Zion is still the best coach I've ever had. Um, he taught me a lot, um, gave me a, a, a very solid grounding in what it needed to, what it took to be successful, not just in football, away from football as well. So, um, yeah, he showed, you know, he was tough, but he had a lot of respect. And if you did the right things, he looked after you. I'm fascinated by some of the like the training and everything back then because like you said when you were injured you just strapped it up and you just kept going so yeah. I was going to ask was there a big emphasis on like high performance in sports oh like yeah hey, we, had this, <laughs> we had this conversation there's no word of a lie three weeks ago yeah. it was myself Carl and Tony Vidmar we all played together at Adelaide City at the time and we were laughing at different things that used to happen and you know if you got injured if you did your ankle it wasn't that you iced your ankle you had paraffin wax and Carl could tell or you the more. onion. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the onion. old, the old the, what is wives' it? towels. So yeah, the old remedies. Like Zion remedies used to song, say you yeah. got to boil the onion and, <laughs> and then put it on your your ankle yeah, and strap, strap it up, it up in glad wrap. And then you got to sleep with it. He's the stink. You'd wake up <laughs> in the morning and it's all sweaty. And But apparently it brought out the bruising, yeah. which. It seemed to work. Yeah. Hmm. And then. Tell the story about the paraffin wax where it was left here at yeah. Marsh. So we used to, back then, um, we used to have this tub of, and it was paraffin wax and it used to be hot, like really, really hot. And I'd hurt my ankle when we used to train down at Salesians College. And Zion goes to me, right, you need to get the paraffin wax. And he said to Brian, where's the paraffin wax? And he goes, it's at High Marsh in the stadium because um, we had our offices here then. And he goes, come on, um, we'll go to High Marsh and we'll get it. But the, everything key was locked up. So I had to bloody climb the fence <laughs> <laughs> to get into High Marsh. And Zion climbed the fence with me. So we've cl climbed the fence, gone up the stairs into the one of the rooms in there and, you know, had to 
put my foot in the paraffin wax, you know, four or five times, and then strap it up and then drive home. <laughs> Did you have to climb? The yeah, fence I had to get back. back yeah, I had to climb back over the fence. Can to you get imagine back doing out. that nowadays? <laughs> These are the, f- the things that we we did. We just did what he told us to do. Yeah, <laughs> he just took it. But he was he was ahead of his time. Time, man. Tactically, Tactically, ahead of his yeah. time. And training the, we, the hardest that you ever trained. There was um, he used to make us do these things called figure eights. So there would be someone it was like a, a leapfrog thing, and you had to jump over the guy's back and then go in and out of his legs as a figure, figure eight, and then and around the back and jump over again. Yeah, yeah. And what did he say? If you did it like twelve times, times you didn't have to train. train yeah. So Serge Melter, who was a beast, he did it twelve times, and he said, "Right, that's it. I'm done." And Zoran goes, "No, no, no, no. You got to train." <laughs> <laughs> How did how did Serge react to that? Oh, yeah, I can't even remember. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> he that. Trained, he trained probably. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was just a machine. Yeah. Serge Melter was – I was lucky growing up because you say how do you react to different coaches. When I was a kid, if you made a mistake, you got yelled at or you got smacked or whatever whatever it was. So I was kind of used to it. But I was – I had a different character too because if you told me off or you told me I couldn't do something, I'd try and prove you wrong. So – or I'd be upset and I'd be angry and that's when you don't think and then you play, you know, sometimes at your best. And, yeah, Zoran, I remember I brought up the story that the day of – so the semi-final when we scored, when I scored, or we both scored against South Melbourne, when we came back, someone from Channel 7 had the bright idea that I looked like Prince. <laughs> okay, I don't remember that at all. Well, you should uh, look that up in the advertising. Yeah, I should have. There, there yeah. was pictures of him and everything. <laughs> <laughs> So they on the on the news there was uh, Prince of Adelaide or whatever it was, and they showed us you know in the semi final scoring the goal was on the Monday, and then the advertiser picked it up and said, "Oh, they want to do a photo shoot." So back then, can you imagine there was yeah. no so, there was no media officer at Adelaide City yeah. back in the NSL, and I said, um, "Yeah, no problem." They wanted to do it with Diamond and Pearl because that was the latest album. Right. So I went there and had a photo shoot with these. Actually, only one showed up. I don't know where Pearl was, but Diamond was there. <laughs> and then it was in it was in the newspaper. And what happened at uh, Will Training at Thebin and Noble mm. at the time? And Zoran came in with a newspaper and threw it on the ground. And it's just <laughs> yeah. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so the um, we trained the day of the game because we used to always train the day of the game for some reason with Zoran. So the morning of the game we trained and we trained at a footy over and I remember playing in a game and I was doing something and they flew my brother down because he was part of the squad originally and then went to the AIS. And um, Zoran, I remember playing in this game in the morning and then Zoran started yelling at me I, and well, went berserk. And I was thinking, what, what did I do? And he hated if you answered back. But I was naive and I was like, but what did I do? Don't answer me back. <laughs> so, so I remember being in the bus, uh, walking back to the hotel with my brother, and I go, why is he yelling at me for? I had no idea. It was all psychological to make sure that I was grounded and, and whatnot. And I remember years later seeing Zoran and he was telling the story. I was in my uncle's office, to be honest, and Zoran was in there and he was telling the story. He said, yeah, I told, told Joe Mullen to kick the ball. He used to call the ball the bitch. Mm. He'd kick the bitch straight down the middle. And uh, he goes, I told everyone, kick straight down the middle, which was true. I didn't know because I said, how come you never told me where to kick the ball? And he goes, if I told you, you wouldn't have listened to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so he he was, um, he was like I said, uh, ahead of his time and 
you know, a, a really good coach. I don't think um, his uh, man management was the best with everyone because it was one way. And if it worked, it, you know, if he yelled at you and it worked, good. If not, and I think he lost a few players. He did, yeah. At, at times, but yeah, it was pretty good. Hold on. Uh? Sorry, he seemed to hold on to a few good ones, though. Yeah. You know what? If you listen to this back five, Robbie Zabika, Socceroos goalkeeper. Then you had Paul Shilabir at right back. He was the only player that wasn't a Socceroo. Mm. Then you had Alex Tobin, Socceroo. Milan Ivanovic, Socceroo. Um, Tony Vidmar. Tony Vidmar, Socceroo. Then he brought in Ernie Tapai, who was a Socceroo. Carl Viet was a Socceroo. Aurelio at the Vidmar, beginning yep. was a Socceroo. Joe Mullen, mm. Steve Maxwell. Uh, Serge Murray, Melter. Serge Melter. Yeah. Well, Murray came. Murray came in later. later. Murray came Murray in later. after the Olympics ah. in '92. But and uh, a lot of those players, Zoran produced. Yeah. So, but what a team! Yeah. What a team! Like was, I said, I just always remember it being successful. It felt like in the final every other year. Yeah. If not, if yeah, if not winning, then you know you were there about. So. But the, look, I think South Australian football should thank Gordon Pickard for starting up Adelaide United because without him, I don't know what would have happened. If there would have been a team, if it would have been the same. You know, he ran he ran the team, the club, like his business and, and very, very successful. And it was a pity that he moved on because I think that, you know, the club would have had a lot more success with Gordon at the helm. But, you know, he obviously had bigger and better things to do with uh, Fairmont Home. So... But yeah, the godfather of South Australian football, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, when I did one of these with with Cosy, he mentioned that and that, you know what a huge impact he had and how great he was to work. Like John could go to him with anything and just like, yep, okay, you know, he didn't have to sell him on it too much. He'd just be like, yeah, I think we need to do this, and he'd be like, all right, well, how much do you need, or what do you need, or whatever, and things would happen. So, was he around? The team a lot and no, no not really. He's it was all he's always um, kept himself fairly private. Even um, when he was at Adelaide City, a lot um, you didn't really get to. He was a major sponsor for years. Yeah. So, and the same thing for the first two or three years that he was at the at the club. Um, yeah, very private person, but um, absolute gentleman yeah. too. Yeah, right. You, Still in contact with him at all? We see him every. Yeah, now we see and him then. every now and then. Um, when we go to the next gen, he's always sort of in there doing a workout, so or having coffee. So yeah, yeah. champion person, like really, really nice guy. I'm sure that's what you want as players. You want an owner or you know a bit hands offish. Mm. You don't want them coming in telling the coach who to play and things like <laughs> that. You know that you see sometimes in in clubs, especially in Europe. <laughs> Yeah. And here. And here. And I'm, local. Sure. I'm not saying Adelaide United, but yeah. and in, in Australian, in Australian yeah. football. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I want to ask you about that, but I don't know if you can say okay. anything much about it. No, but, I can. Yeah, okay. Well, where have you experienced that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, you haven't? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen it. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I've seen it at different clubs, but nah. oh, I, I, you know, actually at one of the clubs that I was at, there was um, – someone that was put in charge of I don't even know what and he used to come in all the time and try and um, tell my brother, you know, how the team should play and what we should do and who should be playing and, and uh, you know, the success he had in whatever league he'd been involved in, I don't know, and we used to laugh. You can't say anything. 
let them talk. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's like me coming and telling you about my over 35 team and oh, this is how we set up to play and maybe you should give you it do. a go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, you should have. No, you play it stir. That's right, I do. Yeah. You and, just you tell- and you said 4 3 3. I did say that, yeah. yeah. But I wasn't telling you guys that it's how you should play. I'm joking. Too. I know, <laughs> I know. But I don't want the listeners to think that, I'm, <laughs> that that's real. <laughs> They'd be like, this guy's a knob. I'm not going to listen to these podcasts anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The, okay, so the early days of the A-League, which was exciting time. Like there was a massive gap and like you said, uh, there was a bit of momentum that was lost. But when it started, it was it was quite good and we, we were strong from the get-go. It seemed like oh. it felt like we hadn't. Yeah. Mr. B. Well, we got called Dad's Army. Everyone across the country had voted us being, coming last. Yeah. And Carl scored the first goal again. Mm-hmm. From yes. your cross? Yeah, yeah, from our cross in Newcastle. And, yeah, there was – got to say this story. Mm-hmm. There was – before we even started, Metro Stars were very um, successful in the, the local competition and, you know, they were very vocal about playing us and how they were going to smash us and – Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> what, did we, what did we give them, five or six that game? I can't remember. Yeah, honest, yeah. we smacked them. But I tell you, what, there were some tackles that went in that night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From them and? No, nah, from us. From us. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to be offside with us now, are they? No. Hey? They're not going to be offside with us now, are no, they? They're probably Rehashing still the story. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, uh, that was an interesting night. And I think for us it was – there was a lot of players that had played in that team because we've got Daniel Beltrami back. Um, Ange Costanza had come back from, I think it was at Marconi, Travis Dodd from uh, Parramatta. You know, Parramatta. Yep. Um, Michael Valkanis was. A lot came of us over. had played overseas yeah. and had quite a bit of experience. And yeah, we were older, but we. Um, that we, we had Shen uh, Chen Q ended up yeah. coming, Fernando, Fernando, Fernando Rec. And we had a lot of experience. Bobby Petter came as well. Yeah. Um, so, so, and, you know, you, you learn through experiences and, yeah, probably not the best thing, you know, to threaten a whole heap of experienced footballers that have been in Europe. Yeah. But, Was Ivan Karlovic playing in that game yeah, then? Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, you, have you talked about that game since no, we No, no, there's no need. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it, um, that, that first season was... It shocked everyone, shocked us too. We shocked ourselves that, um, you know, if things weren't going right because they don't in game sometimes, you know, we used to fight and would fight. And I remember Carl would lead the line up front <clears throat> a couple of times. Where it was always Sydney FC that first season. There was always a fight in the game. The second season was Melbourne victory. But, you know, Carl, it, people haven't seen Carl get upset, I have. And when he does, let me tell you, he's – arms his shoulders go up and he's very strong like he was dragging four or five players along at one at one time so he um it was it was good because it showed the younger boys that we were there for them as well and we'll lead them by example we weren't shying away from from anything you know if someone wanted to fight us not physically like punch ups but you know on the i remember field, the push and shoving yeah and, was, and the yeah. tackles and yeah and, and it used to not just happen against opposition players. It used to happen at training, training. as well. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, we oh, used to take it some, since I training, please. Yeah, yeah. We used to have oh. some <laughs> very, very, um, I, I'd say most players would still talk about um, at the back of Highmarsh. Um, we, we used to play five-a-side on that little bit of grass out the back and it used to be called the cage. And they used to have 
couple of sheds there, so it was quite smaller than what it is now. And we'd play five a side out there. It was every week we played yep. out there, didn't we? Yep. And ninety nine percent of the players would wear shin pads. And so it was serious. Yeah, and it was like full on just kicking. Yeah. The shit out of each other. Yeah. And the first one to get picked in the teams was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why, why was it such a, a, a like a fight out there in those games? What that's, was it? That's why. That's the way. Because uh, he yeah, it. wanted it. Yeah. You know, he was he was a hard player himself, and he took that into his coaching. And we had that never say die attitude. And, and the results translated on the pitch. You obviously, guys, it, it um, did. won the it, premiers. It sometimes you know, it got, got a bit heated out there at times, um, but. Yeah, but I was, always after. I was fine. I never wore shin pads. I think I was the only one that ever wore them. Well, you're from Wyala, so yeah. you know. I wore Wyala them. steel. <laughs> yeah, I wore, and my studs <laughs> and my screw-ins. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was. And but after after the game, or after training, there was never issues. And that you know, especially in that first year, that was of the A League. There was never issues. Yeah, I was going to ask that to breed it any no. animosity. No, because no. It was, first year it was uh, very good, and then I suppose. You could see the cracks developing um, in that second season. You could see that that there was there started to be a few issues. Okay, in um, what way? That anything you can explain? Or oh, there was. I suppose there was um, personality clashes. Maybe? Personality clashes, and then the, the sort of what had got us the success was we were all together, and then it, you started to get those little bit of clashes, and you could see that that the then change room was started to get a little bit divided. And I suppose that's, you know, not great. Um, no. Did that do you think that contributed to how that season ended? I suppose at the end it was it was a long season. There was a lot of battles that went on and a lot of I suppose animosity and then, you know, it was a long year. There's um without mentioning names, there was it came to me probably oh, just before the season had finished when we were leading into the finals that Cosy was going to get the sack and I was the next one to go. And I had the the mentality of if we win the grand final, you can't sack us. And, you know, for whatever reason, just because someone doesn't like you or whatever it was. And um, I remember going to that grand final and we trained at, at Etihad, whatever it was called back then. Mm. <laughs> And we're doing 11 against, so pattern plays, 11 against no one. And we're passing the ball out. <laughs> yeah, there were players in the team. There was that much panic with certain players that we couldn't even beat no one. So I remember being in the bus when we got back to the hotel and I said to Cosa, do you mind if I speak to the players? And I, and I said to the players, we've got nothing to lose. You know, what have we got to lose? It's a grand final. Obviously, we had a lot to lose, but I was trying to, you know, calm the, yeah. especially those younger players because we had um, Greg Owens was playing mm. injured. Left back. He played left back at as left well. Left back mm. because we had Kempi was suspended. Kempi got suspended now. And yeah, so he was playing out of position, but he was injured. He had a big injury after that game. Um, Diego got smashed by Muskie within the first 30 seconds. Nothing happened. No yellow card, no red card. It was a red card, straight red card. He was still injured to, for the next preseason. Um, what else? So anyway, I just remember thinking we're in trouble. And that day there was weird at the at the stadium as well. 
It was the first time I used to have chronic heel pain because of my back, but it used to go away after the warm-up and that game there just wouldn't go away. Yeah, and it was just a weird feeling. And then Archie Thompson in two seasons, so we must have played him like 10 times, if not more. Yeah, because you played him pre-season as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, never scored against us. Never. All we used to say, because he can't dribble. He'll dribble you if you dive in and he'll nick the ball past you and that's how he gets past you. But if you don't dive in and you just stand your ground, he can't dribble. And he put five against us that day. Never scored against us, put five against us. And yeah, so he was, it didn't end well. And yeah, but it was, the one thing I'm going to say, for me, I was, I was a South Australian coming back to play for my state. And I was a proud South Australian and, and that's, what I, that's what we were playing for. And that's why we were so strong at the beginning. Because we, the majority of us were South Australians and we were playing for everyone in South Australia. And we were the people's team back then. It was yeah. Adelaide United were the people's team for all South Australians. So, and that's, you know, we played, I mentioned, I'm not going to say what we earned, but we earned probably the least amount of money you, you could even think of. And, you know, I, I always say that I was the lowest paid captain ever in the history of the A-League because I was. But I didn't play for the money. I played because I was a South Australian and, and this was our team and, and I was proud of it and I still am. Did you feel like you guys experienced your grand final of the week before winning on penalties against Newcastle and maybe the, the luck had kind of run out by then? No, I'd say that we got ripped off in Melbourne with a stupid goal that they scored. <laughs> the guy hit it with the back of his head and looped over oh, Beltrami. Yes, yeah. And that yeah. was – how long was left in the game? It was only a couple of minutes, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. That's right. If not, we were hosting, hosting the game at Footy Park. Yeah, Travis said the same thing actually, yeah, mm. that yeah. How, how things could have changed had yeah. – Well, that's football though, wouldn't it? They yeah. can turn on yeah. little things. So. That's, yeah, you're right. It would have been Football Park it back was. then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that close. But anyway, well, look, I guess while we're on it, and I don't want to focus too much on negative stuff, but what – what do you look back on now? Like, what do you? Obviously, you're back here now, and you know. But that time, what do you think about now when you you think about when you left the club? When I left the club, <laughs> I didn't leave the club. I was forced out. Um, but um, I gave my heart and soul, and I, everywhere I've been, I've I always give my heart and soul. And but it was it was. Uh, even more special here at Adelaide United because being a, a South Australian and, and and a proud one too, um, I didn't I didn't think that I deserved to get sent off at the time. I thought that you know it was a hip and shoulder and and uh, the first tackle was probably worse than than the hip and shoulder in the grand final, <clears throat> and I was convinced that I that I got ripped off until I saw it back and I didn't realise what I'd done. Um, there was a couple of things after that grand final that uh, they made me do an interview. I refused three times to do an interview for Fox Sports um, because I, I knew that I'd probably say something wrong. Or and you know I was thinking, you know, where's the media manager? You know, who's who's standing by me? And I was left on my own. And <laughs> stupid me, having not seen the red card, I thought, like I said, I was ripped off, and I said it, and I got criticised for it heavily, publicly. And I got smashed for a week in the media, and I mean, like, I was, in the end, when the club came to me, and you know they were trying to do all sorts, I said, "Listen, I'm happy to go." You know, I, I don't, 
I don't want to leave, but if it's the best for the club, I'll go. And and I didn't hate the club or because I, I'd learned a long time before that that it's, it's not the club. There's certain individuals that don't want you there and that was it. And I was, I was sad to leave, honestly was. And I went from being hated after that grand final when I, was, I actually went on TV and had to apologise for what I said because I didn't really yeah I didn't realize when I that I had hit him with my uh, elbow um I mean I went to Wellington and you know I, was, I knew it was my last season because I just had too many issues with my my back and um loved over there adored by the supporters and because of I didn't realise, but they said, you know, you wear your heart on your sleeve and, you know, what you did for Adelaide and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you, hopefully you can do it here in, in Wellington. And, and they treated me like a, a king over there. So, you know, coming back to the club, you know, I've always followed Adelaide United. I've always followed South Australian teams. I don't, I don't support Port Power. I don't support the Crows. I'm a Sydney Suns supporter. I'm, I'm a mad uh, <laughs> Woodville, Woodville West Torrens supporter. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, b- before they became Woodville West Torrens, yeah, West Torrens, oh, okay. West Torrens, yep. yeah. yeah. It's silly because my uncle was a runner or a trainer or something. I don't even know what he was. He did something. You know, I seen him on TV once, and I liked the colours. And you know, my dad was Nord. Oh, right. Yeah, so we follow Nord. Nord yeah, yeah. yeah we're from the east anyway. So, um, but I always West Torrens. For some reason, I even had my grandmother, my nonna, knitted me a, <laughs> a oh, <really>? jumper <laughs> like the West Torrens yeah. because. My father wasn't going to go out and buy me a, a footy jersey. But, yeah, so – and being back, being back with Carl, um, being back at the club, it's it's been amazing. And Adelaide United supporters, uh, it, I know everyone says, oh, you know, we've got the best supporters in the league, but we have got the best supporters in the league because they support the club. Yep. And, you know, you, you've had – I don't know if it's uh, 7,500 or 8,000 always, no matter what, you won't get below that. And, and, you know, that, that shows a lot of character. And I think we're very well educated here with football as well. Yeah, and what you said about Wellington fans, they, how they like you wear your heart on your sleeve. I mean, South, South Australian fans feel the same. I know it, they're probably still hurt by the whole 6 nil thing and, you know. It's, yeah, but I've had to live with it for the rest know, of my life. I know, you guys, <laughs> you, you guys do. I know. I was there in the stadium, it sucked and everything. But, like, you know, you get over it. It's, well, as fans, I feel like you can get to a point where you can get over it. There would be fans out there that are like, what are you talking about? You're not a real fan. But, um, yeah, I can imagine it would suck for you guys to have to have to have that. But you've had a lot of other success. So Yeah, but certain things, that the bad things, sorry to cut you off, Carl, but the bad things in your football career, you know, sometimes they, like, people don't realise um, uh, the mental issues that you go through after. And, you know, people talk about depression and, I probably went through it when I went to Wellington, you know, with the whole um, grand final and, and how everything went pear-shaped. I didn't handle things, certain things well that were happening within the club. I, uh, you know, when my back's up against the wall, I come, come out punching and probably shouldn't have with the certain things, with certain things that, that happened. But they're all learning experiences. But losing that grand final, that stays with you for the rest of your life. Missing a penalty in a World Cup, final or missing a penalty, you know, or whatever it is, that stays with you for the rest of your life and it hurts. Well, what about some of the positive things and the the happier things that have stayed with you? 
What about some of those? Carl can talk. He yeah. scored all the. He's, he's created all the history at the club. First yeah. goal here, first goal there. Penalties, right. winners. Mm. Go on, Carl. Tell us. Yeah, look. The, as Ross says, the, the club's always got a special place, um, especially when you're involved at the beginning. Um, and for me, I'm still a supporter of the club. Have always been um, a supporter of the club, and. And it's good to be back at the club and I, uh, I've tried to try and instill in my team, you know, the foundations of how how we set the club up at the start. So um, you say there's more good stories than, than, than bad stories. You know, for me, I don't seem to remember the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, sort of have a good way of not... Um, remembering them, um, and as you say, I just you know a lot of the friendships, a lot of the um, things that we developed, yeah, I still means a lot to me. Um, means a lot. The club means a lot, and you know I just hope that we can get um, success. You know, in my time uh, leading the club. Yeah, well, for sure, it's good to. I feel like we're wrapping up here, and we probably should, but it's good to have you guys back, and thank you for sharing all these stories. But. Sure. Can I say one thing yeah, before you before you wrap up? It just brought came to my attention when Carl was speaking about like good times because there were a lot of good times and we had a lot of fun. Yeah. We really did. Um, but I remember the first season when we won the Premier's Plate, they gave us the Premier's Plate in Sydney against Sydney FC. Of And I was thinking, oh, we're going to get abused here. And there was a big crowd too. And it was myself and Cosy. The team yeah, wasn't the team, even out there. The team wasn't there. even out yeah. there. They weren't even out there. Can you yeah. imagine doing that now? It's right. And I uh, couldn't believe it. They they all applauded us. Yeah. There was no oh, – I copped a lot of abuse that year. You got the wrong Aloisi. <laughs> 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 and that started from the Sydney FC supporters. But it was um, it was it was actually really nice. And, you know, we, uh, we won a few trophies. It was a pre-season cup yeah. trophy. Premier's plate, we made the grand final. That was all in, in two seasons. Asian Champions League twice, we made it. So it was, it was a lot of good times. Yeah, even that Premier's plate that you're talking about, it's hard to even find any footage or the, mm. like photos. Even there's, the photos. There's one photo. There's yeah. one photo. I know, because I've had to use it a few times. Is there a team photo with that? I don't think There was. We got, then we remember. got given the Premier's plate at Highmarsh and we, t- we took a quick team photo. And yeah, before... What was that? The first leg or oh, something? The final against Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it might have been. But yeah, you didn't really have time to sort of parade it around because you had an important finals game to play. And it's only in the last few years where they started making that more of a presentation as well, which is seems crazy. Well, that's you know most football leagues in the world. That's the main thing, isn't it? So yeah, that's right. I know we we do things a little bit different here in Australia to generate that interest, but um, it still means a lot, I think, for the team that gets first past the past. One hundred percent. Before, sorry, no, no, I was going to say we finished first that that first season. We finished first with three games remaining, and that that probably was a learning experience because we didn't win a game after that. <laughs> you know, when the pressure's off, yeah. you know, you don't you don't need to win, and then it's hard to start winning again. And and that was a, a learning experience. I think in that period, you guys won seven games in a row as well. And I think to this day, we haven't. We've had the longer undefeated streak, but yeah, we've never won seven straight yeah. early games in a row. We, so you we guys won in Perth. I think we won the game in Perth. We flew back, and I don't know. There was a game. So whoever Sydney must have finished. So anyway, we won that game in Perth, and we ended up being premiers. So yeah, we celebrated a little bit. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, what were the celebrations like? Where did you go? 
I couldn't. I can't even remember that. Um, <laughs> Must have been I a do. good celebration. Yeah, you remember the we only, were at the Archer. Where we the only thing I can re- sort of remember is um, is the Monday after the grand final loss. Um, I can remember that because I can remember that I think I was the only player that rang Dario at the time to say what what's going on with the club. Why is you know Cosy going and why is Ross going and uh, it was. Uh, I'm kind of fascinated by that. Again, I don't want to focus on all the negatives, but um, yeah, look, I I just thought it was you know the wrong direction. You know, there was, I say, we'd had a lot of success. Yes, a few bad things had happened, but um, you don't, you don't throw out the window. There were you know why we'd got there, and I think it took a little while for the club to to reeven itself after that. Yeah, you were obviously still here after that. Yeah. So, how did those seasons compare? I um, mean, yeah, it was tough. I, I think um, that first year after Cosy, Aurelio, you know, stepped in as the coach and and found it difficult that first year. I think the club struggled that first year, and then they were sort of up and down. Then they had a bounce back and had a good year, and then then had another bad year. It was a little bit inconsistent. Um, but well, Aurelio was a young coach at the time, and he was learning. And yeah, I suppose it would have been, I think, better if the had a little bit more stability in the club at that time. It was a little bit uncertain after that. And then when you were coming towards the end of your playing career, when did you make that decision? Um, yeah, it was uh, Cosy. Um, it came to me the first after the first year of the A-League. Um, I'd won the club championship and he came to me and um, suggested that I didn't play the second year. Really? Yeah. Um, he said that he wanted me to come on the coaching staff and – and he would give me that now, and I said, "Look, I still wanted to play." So I played that second year, and I reckon it was maybe about four or five games to go that I I just had enough for the playing group. They'd wore me down. Right, <laughs> those five side battles got too hard. No, it was just as I said, uh, the the fractions that were coming. I just, you know, I just couldn't handle, you know, players that were, I suppose, stabbing other players in the back. It just for me that was. Unacceptable. The majority behavior. of the group was was quite strong, uh, and that's when I said that I couldn't. I'd had enough of the playing group, pretty much by then. And I was f- coming, you know, I was thirty seven years of age at the time, and most probably still one of the fittest players in the team at the time as well. But um, I just had enough. Okay, so did you always know that? Did you both always know you wanted to go into coaching? Um, yeah, I I knew that <laughs> I did. Shaking your head. Um, yeah. I'd already st- um, done a lot of my coaching licences by then. Um, I started doing coaching courses back in 2001, 2002. So I'd already um, did had most of my qualifications, so I knew that I wanted to, to go into coaching. Um, at the high level, I'm not sure. I was more down the youth side of the thing on teaching young players the right things to do because um, no one ever taught me as a kid. Um, what to do um, so I was very big on you know making sure that the younger players learn what they needed to do to to have success yeah okay yeah and obviously you were coaching um kids at uh, FSA for a while as well was that was that where you initially thought that that's where your passion in coaching would lie or was it always to get to senior yeah look coaching? as I said I I had a, a big passion to teach those younger players that and also to learn myself. Um, and I've, I was very fortunate to spend seven, eight years coaching those young players and learning and developing myself as 
as a coach as well. Um, and I suppose I was fortunate, you know, I tell all the young players, um, you know, to have success, you need some luck, but to get the luck, you have to put yourself in the, in the right position, which means you've got to work hard and to get that luck. And, you know, I suppose I've fortunate that I've been in the right position at times and now got the opportunity to coach this great club. Is that a striker's mentality as well? Because you need to put yourself about and, and I say this as a striker myself. Right? So you're laughing at me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, but seriously, you, you got to put yourself in those positions and then, you know, a, a loose ball here or whatever, and a chance falls at your feet. Um, so it's just sort of like taking that mentality off the pitch. and Yeah, you, you don't want to be coming off and saying, what if, you know, what if I'd made that last run? What if I'd had that last shot or that's what you don't want to do. Yeah, and you were shaking your head. You, you didn't know you always wanted to get in coaching. No, when I was at Wellington and I did my back and I had actually cracked the disc in my back, I was out for a fair while and Ricky Herbert, who was the coach, who was also the New Zealand national team coach, had had an operation on his foot. So he was up in one of the boxes and I went up with him and we had the walkie-talkie to the assistants and whatnot. And there was a few things that I saw that were happening in the game and I mentioned it to Ricky and and he reported back down to the assistant coaches and then um, after the game, Tony Pinata, who, uh, who was our CEO and, and Ricky were speaking and they said, would you be interested in coaching? And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And they said, well, would you come on a the coaching staff next season if you don't play. And I was like, yeah, oh, let me think about it. And then they kept asking me and asking me and asking me. And I, in the end I said, look, because I had my family back here, um, I had a business back here as well and I th ended up coming back. And I think it was six, seven weeks into the season, the owner called me up again and he said, listen, I need you to come as a buffer between the play. There was a few issues there. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And for six months, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want anything to do with football, to be honest. Nothing. I was happy to go to work and you know, start early. And then West Adelaide, the old West Adelaide Hellas, we're in the second division. <laughs> it's a terrible story. <laughs> it is. It's horrible. Go and tell it. <laughs> but I laugh. <laughs> they go, uh, they said, uh, called me up. It was halfway through the season. They were in the second, because it was three tiers back then in the second division and then uh, the president said, oh, would you be interested in coaching the club? And I said, oh, yeah, all right, thinking that I knew, you know, you've played, you've coached, you know, you know how to coach. So I said, yeah, no problem. So I met with them. They played Mobbury on a Friday night. They lost. Um, met with them on the Saturday morning and um, basically they'd given me the job. So I thought, yeah, I'll be able to coach, no dramas. And they were second bottom at the time. And it must have been two or three games in and I started to realise like, coaching is completely different. Like, even if you've played, it's completely you – know, I, I knew what I was doing but I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. Anyway, we ended up getting relegated that season. I started doing my coaching licences. So I already had my C licence from a young age and I went straight into the B and then into the A. And, and um, But my dream was to take – I didn't think I was going to become a – uh, an A-League coach or W-League or national teams, which I ended up uh, working with and um, ended up taking West Adelaide from the third to MPL, uh, which was my ambition. And then I ended up coaching. I was asked to coach Adelaide United women's team. I was like, no way. I said, I've watched them play. Not. 
and it was the best thing I ever did. That's where I fell in love with the the women's game. Yeah. It was the best thing. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. And I, so you coached the women's team, in the men's team? And men's, yeah. yeah. And he didn't want to coach. Yeah. And I didn't want to coach, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just. He was always, he was always going to be a coach. Yeah, you could see that? You could see that. And that's why I said, you know, that first year in the A-League, Ross took a lot of the stuff. So you could always see that. Yeah, well, now here that's you weird. are. Yeah. Is, we're at now, but just we haven't even talked about you guys overseas or anything like that. So maybe one quick story each from your time overseas, which I know there's probably a lot you could draw on, but anything at all? Um, I suppose the biggest thing for me is when, you know, I was 24 years of age when I went overseas. So I went over and in my first season in England, um, I quickly realised that I didn't really know much about football. <laughs> um and yeah, it was it was tough, and I, I don't think a lot of players understand how tough it is um, to make it in in uh, f- that professional environment. Yes, we in a professional environment here in the A League, but it's nothing to, compared to what you get in, overseas. Um, yeah, but I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about football. Um, but it's it's just so enjoyable, yeah. so enjoyable. Even now and again on on social media, I still see fans of Crystal Palace or Sheffield United mention you as well. So you seem I'm surprised to... they can still remember me. <laughs> well, you seem to be held in high regard. So you obviously had an impact. Yeah, in, enjoyed my time over there. Um, you know, wish it was longer, but it, it wasn't. Um, but, um, yeah, you, you just can't – you just cannot beat being in professional football. Yeah, it was obviously a dream of mine to play as a professional footballer and I was 19 when I was in Belgium. Um, then I had to come back, but long story, but then when I went back over to Switzerland, um, I had my probably my best season in Europe, um, MVP for the team with goals and assists and whatnot, and I got sold to a, a club in France. And that's probably where I learnt the most because Switzerland tactically I didn't learn too much. So what Carl was trying to explain, when you're over in Europe, um, if you don't play, you have to play in the second team. If they don't have a second team, you don't play. Right. So you've got to learn to fight for your spot and, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was the same in his career here in Australia. He played week in, week out. Yeah. So you go there, you sometimes you don't play. So when I went to France, it was uh, an eye-opener. I probably, the, I wouldn't say probably, he is the best coach I ever had, Christian Gokouf. Um And he taught me a lot um, as far as, how to be a little bit more streetwise in, in what's going on. But I signed four years there and I really didn't play at the beginning. And there's a method behind all of that madness because if they sign you for four years, you're not playing the four. On the third season, you should be playing and they sell you. That's how they make their money. But I learned a lot about agents okay. and how they rip you off. And the biggest crooks I come across were in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> they were. It was, it was ruthless over there. But I learned probably the most that I did, and it was the best time of my life. You know, being a footballer, playing in Europe, uh, you know, you watch football nonstop, you're training. You know, Switzerland was amazing because in the background there were the Alps and it was it was ridiculous. You know, snow on, on the mountains and while you're training and it, it was, when people say surreal, it was surreal. But yeah, it was the best time of my life. All right, and, and I keep saying this because we've got to wrap it up, but yeah. quick agent story. Have you got one? Oh, God. <laughs> 
I've got too many. I, I'll tell you what happened. The, the When I was playing for the club in Italy, um, there was another club that wanted to sign me and I was still on the contract. And the club came in and they said, oh, uh, we're selling you to Prosesto. And I said, I'm not going. There was a team in Milan. I didn't want to leave. And they said, well, you've got to go. And I said, no, I'm not going. And they said, well, if you don't go, you're not coming to pre-season training. And we leave on Monday. And I, I was like, you can't do that. And I, I even knew that you couldn't do that. And they said, well, you're not coming. And your apartment, we're not paying for anymore. I was like, oh, God. And they go, the agent that you're going to use is just out there. So I never met the guy before in my life. Right. Went out there, introduced himself and whatnot. They put me in another room with um, with the football director from the other club and the agent. And uh, they said, oh, here's your contract. And I go, I'm not signing for that. And they like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, nah. I want this, this, and this. You know, so they negotiate. So I was negotiating myself with the agent there. He gets a cut anyway. Right. Not from me, but he was getting a cut from the club. And uh, I wasn't happy with the contract, but you got no choice. And I realised I had no choice. So I'm, I put my head down to sign the contract and I've looked up and I saw the, the football manager of the other club going to the agent who's like this, like thumbs up, you know, really happy. And, and I was thinking, I've just stitched myself up here because obviously they really wanted me. Anyway, I signed the contract, they went outside and he goes, you have no idea how happy they are, they desperately wanted you. And I said, if they desperately wanted me, why don't you get me more money? <laughs> because it, yeah. it was ridiculous. But he got paid, agents work for clubs, they don't work for players over there. Right. And I'm not talking about all of them, yeah. but majority do. So that was that was one of, of many, yeah. I got ripped off a lot. But I didn't care because, you know what, I just wanted to play football. I didn't even play for the money. I earned okay money to live and, and, and save, but, yeah, I just I, I love playing football. Thank you very much for coming in and spending time in here and, and telling these stories. I feel like we didn't really – we only scratched the surface, so we'll probably have to get you back again soon. I hope you enjoyed the beer. Hmm. Uh, you you yeah. might need a few more to get the proper story. Well, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll do it at the pub next time. <laughs> you can. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. No, thanks, thanks. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>